0: GT Channel with Samitani, James McKeon, and Taro Koki.
1: Hey everyone, this is Taro from GT Channel. Today we have a wonderful guest, Jennifer Nicole, who runs the Porsche Experience Center here in Los Angeles. Not only is she the senior manager there, she was also a big contributor to launching the center as well. She's also a total car nut, so I think you guys will really enjoy this show as much as the Podspeed team had interviewing her. But before we get started, we have a brief message from our sponsor, Creator Formula. Creator Formula is a social influencer agency, especially for the automotive world. If you're a creator making automotive videos, their formula can transform you into a powerful media brand that drives more reach for you, which could be more money, more income. The Creator Formula team and technology specialize in developing talent, growth, and identifying new avenues to earn more from the content you create. Visit them at creatorformula.io. GD Channel is also a member of Creator Formula. They've helped us optimize our videos, and their tools are really, really useful. Actually, you should go see the new gdchannel.com, and you can get a glimpse of what the technology does. These tools could be available to you as well. For creators looking for more reach or better monetization, go explore the possibilities at creatorformula.io. Let them help you focus on your passions.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 25. We've made it to... Our, oh, are, hey, you, hey. are you... Oh, okay. You're I'm just, just waiting. waiting. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought you were I'll stopping. <laughs> 25 here. where And we're all in Southern California where import cars go run rampant, just like the coronavirus is still running rampant out here. We're still pretty much on lockdown, so... Uh, I'm here uh, with my usual co-hosts, uh, James McKeown uh, from No Breaking Podcast. He's our, uh, our British ringer. And Taro Koki, who is the president of GT Channel, who makes all Hello. this thing happen. Hello. And our special, special guest today, Jennifer Nicole from the Porsche Experience Center uh, right here in Southern California. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, how are you guys? Uh, it looks like you're not at the Porsche Experience Center right now, are you, judging by that background?
3: I, I am it's a not. very
2: homey place there. But.
3: Yeah, well, this is my makeshift office, so you can see I have some uh, car memorabilia and uh, some fun swag above me. But, yeah, it's trying to make it a little bit feel like my office when I'm working from home, so when I get on calls I can still feel like I've got my automotive touch.
2: Awesome. Well uh I'm going to let Taro I'm going to uh, hand it over to Taro to ask the questions but you could pretty much uh, t- you know t- kind of tell us as you're explaining stuff you know what the situation is there right now you know during the um uh, the whole corona thing so anyways go ahead Taro take All it All right on.
1: sure uh hi Jen thanks for thanks for joining us so, Yeah
2: it's nice um, so
1: Yeah yeah so um Sam mentioned uh, you work at the Porsche Experience Center here in Los Angeles. Uh, for any of you folks uh, watching who live in LA, you've probably seen the uh, Porsche Experience Center off the 405 heading you know southbound.
2: Um, <laughs> the and- big uh, dude, Jen, The
1: big dude with the flag. The big dude. Yep, Louis the muscular man with the exactly.
3: exactly. exactly.
1: Um, so you run that place. Um, let's, let's start with that. Um, what exactly is the Porsche Experience Center?
3: Uh, The Porsche Experience Center, although we are not the first of its kind, we've had other experience centers that have been made all over the world. We're the only two in the United States, which is nice. Uh, Our particular uh, facility is a 53-acre, what I like to call an adult Disneyland. Um, And it consists of a whole driver development track. So it's not a racetrack, it's a driver development track. I will get into that later because I know as we have mutual friends um, that work for me at our track, to show drifting and since that's so big in socal it's really fun um but we have a really cool driver development track we have a cafe we have a restaurant that's really really good it's called 917 our cafe speedster cafe a simulator lab with virtual racing as well which is really cool and we're we have a unique thing in la that we are actually connected to porsche motorsport Mm -hmm. so we have their headquarters that moved over to santa Ana some years ago when we opened and they're also headquartered with us so we get to see kind of been working on historical racing engines everything from 917s to you name it so it's really really cool there we have a new vehicle delivery lounge so we're actually delivering vehicles to guests now which we started a couple years back and it's been a really great program for us and then we have a retail store so that's the restaurant that you can see in the image there oh (laughs) i'm getting ahead of ourselves so yeah it's a really cool playground it's a lot of fun everyone's welcome you don't have to be a porsche owner to be there you don't have to uh, worry about us pitching you on cars because we're not salespeople. This is directly from Porsche Cars North America. I work mm-hmm. directly for corporate, so this is uh, an easy sales tool. I always tell people, butts and seat sells cars. We don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really kind of fun place to learn what our cars are capable of doing and mm-hmm. being more of a brand advocate because it's such a lifestyle brand as you've probably all been to Sport or you've seen Sport, you know about Sport, and you can see just the testament to our brand that we're not just about, you know, cars that go from point A to point B. It's really a lifestyle, and this is definitely what the center provides, and I'm all about that lifestyle, so for me, this is just like a total dream job.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, when did you guys open this place? Because I remember back in the day, um, you know, this Place used to be like a, a golf course, right? I remember the right, you know, three, right? Yeah, Wasn't it a golf course? Golf course. I remember, yeah. I went there a
3: lot, yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it was a golf course. Um, before that, it was a landfill. So, people once it became a golf course, people actually golfed on it all the time, and it was a really popular golf course. Um, at some point, the parking lot that is kind of in that that south corner there that you see, mm-hmm. um, that was an apartment complex even before that. So, it's definitely had its fair share of occupants. Uh, But now with what we have, um, this is actually a shot that was taken in 2014 when I first got hired. So, um, actually this is 2013 because in 2013 we had grass still and then we kind of bulldozed the whole land and um, then this was shot. So it kind of gives you an overview of just how big that 53 acre playground is Mm -hmm. and uh, what we were working on there to stabilize. So that's the now now shot of what it looks like. You can kind of see how the track layout there is. two red things I can point out is our epoxied uh, wetted modules, the kick plate, which is what looks like the eye, which is in the center. There's only two of those in the United States. It's super fun. Uh, the idea is that you drive over that. It's a hydraulic kick plate that's flush into the ground. And as you drive over it, it sensors your rear wheels and it kicks your car into a 360 spin, which you have to correct. So a lot of fun there and then the J for Jennifer is our ice hill. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll so throw that in there real quick. Um, <laughs> no, it's not that I developed it but I think it's really funny and ironic that there's a J there for Jen. So um, you can see the car at the top of the hill. Um, it really is a, an interesting way to learn how to drive in what would we basically simulate here as black ice. So you know if California um, if you've been born and raised here, if you've been here long enough, like all of us have, you know that pretty much when it sprinkles, it feels like Carmageddon and people don't know how to drive. Um, mm-hmm. So these wetted modules and things really learn and teach people how to uh, understeer, oversteer, what it feels like in black ice, what it feels like when the car loses control and how to regain that control and all those good things. So uh, it's a really fun track to learn and develop on. And in that background there, you actually see the low friction circuit, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some really great drivers like Dai Yoshihara and Kyle Mohan and Pat Mordaunt and mm-hmm. Casper Canule and um, so many others that are in or have been in the Formula Drift series. They love that circuit as much as I do. Uh, you can learn how to basically connect those corners into a drift. And it's a lot of fun to drive on.
1: And do you, do you see like Dai and the gang you know, taking their you know, cars around during lunchtime, kind of you know, causing some havoc out there?
3: <laughs> no, they, they know better, but they do do a lot of training. They, they're always coming to me, Jen, we need more training. And um, even to our chief instructor and, and the rest of our team, you know, it's it's always about safety. Um, our goal since number one, um, I obviously have an automotive background that not everyone knows about. Our ops manager comes from Germany. He was actually one of the instructors in Leipzig at the Porsche Experience Center there before he came over. Uh, you know, our chief instructor, he comes from a, a vast knowledge of of car and handling and working with different manufacturers and working on different racetracks. So we're all about safety. So really, when it comes down to our drivers, when they, they say that they wanna go out on track, we're, we're totally for it as long as we, we do it in a training sense. And it's definitely important for them to be able to do all these things like the back of their hand because we want them to be able to do these things with their eyes closed, essentially.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure these uh, guys with drifting experience, I mean, it's all about car control. So their, their mm-hmm. experience on the track Probably translates over to you know what what you guys are trying to teach over over at the center.
3: Exactly. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us about some of the the folks that, that we're seeing. Is this an event or is this a, uh, what was what was this? this is that was our,
3: our 70th year anniversary in 2018. That's just a team shot. Um, you can see there, we, we don't often get shots of all of our team. That's actually not all of our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have over 160 people that work for the Porsche Experience Center, but they're in part-time, full-time, and salaried roles. So it's kind of mm-hmm. different in how we um, do those things. But in terms of events, we, it's so hard to get everyone together. And you have our security and our workshop technicians, and even Jeff Swartz in that photo there, um, all, a lot of our drive team and our cooks mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of nice to show that, uh, that we are such a team and I'm hopefully crossing fingers that we can get them back to the Experience Center soon because we're, we're running on a pretty lean team right now.
1: So what's going on right now in, in the days of uh, of COVID and coronavirus, what, what, are you, what are you guys offering right now?
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. We actually reopened in, in June, we opened June 5th and we started with our new vehicle delivery program on that Friday, which was great. That was pretty successful. You know, we opened originally knowing that there was a lot of things that were going to have to change. And we were just in the midst of doing a TyCon launch. So, of course, the Tycon comes out. It's super exciting. It's L.A. People have been wanting this car to come out for so long in March. We were super happy that it was able to be something that we were doing at the PEC. We had 1,800 people that were slated to come through from all over the United States. And as we're going into it, boom, shut down. And so we had to tell everyone, you know, go ahead and and cancel your flights and and stuff. So when we were shut down and everyone had to start teleworking and, you know, you're looking at cooks and drive coaches and all these people that wouldn't normally, you know, services are rendered at the experience center. They don't necessarily work from home. So we were kind of working on all these different plans. One of the ones that we wanted to put forward to the board was actually the Porsche owner experience,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, which I know
3: that we can talk about today. So the Porsche owner experience is something that we wanted to do for, literally since I got hired in 2014. Um, everyone asks about the owner experience. That's actually a picture from July 16th when we were able to realize that. Um, and what that was, was, you know, people always ask, the number one question that we get asked is, can I drive my Porsche on your track? Mm-hmm. And we've never been able to do that. So one of the things that during COVID, when we were closed and we were trying to wrap our brains on how this new concept was going to be, what we were going to be able to offer at the Experience Center moving forward, how we were going to do it, we came up with a different concept. So, we used to always do one to one coaching. So, that would mean that when you're in a car, you're with an instructor, and that car and that instructor is, is right by your side. You have the same car, you have the same instructor the whole time for the 90 minute duration. You know, you swap seats every once in a while. So, an instructor can show you a module and you can drive that. And then, when you get done with that, you'll swap seats and then you'll get back and you'll start driving it. And so, with COVID, we knew that we had to pull our instructors out of the car. So One of the first things that we opened up with was the one-to-two coaching, and it was a lead-follow program, so that really helped us tremendously. So it's two different cars, and then we also launched with this Porsche Owner Experience uh, program. So the Porsche Owner Experience is literally you driving your own car at the Experience Center, which has has been basically sold out, um, which is awesome, because we we knew that that would happen. We just needed to get it passed uh, with our, our board to make sure that it was safe and legal. Um, but we wanted to make sure that, you know, people that feel like it's safer to be in their own cars right now can be. So you see in this picture, there's cars in front. And mm-hmm. those are our cars. Those are our PEC cars. And then okay. you'll see that, the you know, like the Ruby Star car there with Lisa Taylor. And, you know, we had a lot of GT3s that day, which is really fun. And you can see uh, it came into the the far left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Charon was there. He's one of our greatest uh, customers. He's in that really awesome oak green metallic uh, car mm-hmm. that he brought there. So... Maritime blue. We had a lot of PTS that day. I don't know why um, paint a sample, um, mm-hmm. but we always love that for pictures too. And so you can see them with their drive coaches. They did a lead follow program. It was super successful. And we've seen that every uh, week since our our team looks forward to it. We actually talk about it throughout the day about what cars are coming and, and what we have slated, whether it's a 993 or a 964. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a really cool 964 Turbo S come last week. So, you know, you're looking at what a half a million dollar car coming and driving our track and getting on our our wet modules and and doing some cool drifting action, which is super fun. So we've been doing a lot. We've been super busy and we're super blessed because we have, you know, such a crazy, awesome market for people who love cars in LA. So these are the types of things that we just super value being in the location that we are, that, you know, customers are looking for somewhere to get out. They're tired of COVID. They Mm -hmm. want a reason to get out, but also do it in safe areas and safe places. And so the Experience Center is one of those places where we can at least, you know, you can kind of feel normal when you come to the Mm -hmm. Experience Center. Obviously we have to wear masks and we have a lot of different safety protocols that we've put in place since, but for the most part, you know, we've we followed every guideline um, and we want to make sure that people feel like they're totally safe when they come through, but still having fun and you know at least in those 90 minutes that you're out there, you can kind of forget what's going on sometimes very easily.
1: So, so Jennifer, the,
3: real
2: quick, yeah, real okay. quick, talk before go we go, ahead, just go for people who don't know what the Porsche Experience Center is, uh, during normal times, can you explain? Is it someone who wants to just take some driving courses in a, in a Porsche? Do they sign up? Uh, you know, what for packages or do you have to be a Porsche owner to or a customer to to uh, to to be able to visit this place? Can you kind of describe what what exactly and who exactly the Porsche Experience Center is for? Before we get into too much into other stuff so just people so so they know
3: yeah no problem so the porsche experience center again you do not have to own a porsche you don't even know how to say porsche right that's fine we'll take you in. we'll love you too um you know the whole idea of the porsche experience center too is to create brand advocates and so you know when people come they can really realize what our brand is this picture here is the gallery when we opened up in 2016 you know we wanted to show different models of our cars and history Uh, of our our Porsche cars there. You can kind of see in the background behind that glass is Porsche Motorsport. So when people come in, they can kind of get that idea of what we're all about. Um, So again, you do not have to own a Porsche. It could literally be anybody. And if you're a foodie, we actually have a lot of foodies that come in that really don't care about the cars. And that's fine too. We have an amazing chef and an amazing restaurant when we're open. Um, That's me pitching the restaurant, that picture um, before we were we're looking at the design of the restaurant. So yeah, the I think food's most- really great there. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. There's a cafe that has sandwiches, and uh, we have pastas and salads and stuff that we serve out of there. We have really amazing croissants that we bake fresh in house every day. Um, that's our Tomahawk steak from 917. We're very well known for <laughs> our Porsche butter that's shaped like a 911 that you see.
0: Yeah. Right
3: um, there. on that <laughs> black slated marble, so that's pretty neat. Um, and then our pretzel buns, which are really really good, and that's some nice fresh fish there. And some other stuff. So, you know, we, a lot of foodies that just come in, see us on Yelp or see us on open table and want to come through. Um, and again, you know, you, you can just come there and have a great time and, and it makes it really fun. So in terms of what we offer and driving um, the way that our programs work is you just pick the car, Sam. So if you're, you know, obviously coming from your background, I would expect you in no less than a GT three or a turbo S or maybe a turbo. Um but if you wanted <laughs> it might to act too much car for me but not. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You should be driving the Tycon right now. Let me tell you, oh, that is I a mind blower. I
2: have not driven yeah. the Tycon yet, but uh, all my journalist friends that have said the thing is yep. just amazing. So It is
3: quite amazing. I that's actually my new favorite car. Yeah, that's look at the smoke on the tires on an electric car. It is so cool. That is not even edited. That is actually us driving on the track. That car has so much torque. It's so impressive. And it's just, honestly, it's amazing. I'm not an electric person. I have a 1963 Porsche that I drive and I would probably daily drive it if it had air conditioning. Um, so my daily driver when I need the AC is a 911, but I would totally have one of those cars on a heartbeat. So if you wanted to come and drive that, you would choose the car. Um, different cars have different rates. And then you would go out with the driving coach for 90 minutes. And really the experience is about two hours in total because that 90 minutes, you're really on track. You know, a lot of different driving courses that you can do, especially ones that are kind of fun or more entertainment purpose uh, built driven courses will be more like the actual seat time that you get might be five minutes or might be 10 minutes. Um, but this is an actual you know, time where you're spending a lot of time in the car and you get the max amount of driving and driver's education for what we do, which is really nice.
2: So there. Uh, so you offer them in ninety minutes only, or do if if someone says, "Hey, I want more seat time, so I'll pay extra and do you know?" Do we do. Three yeah, three hours, uh, hours, a full day, whatever.
3: Yeah, and so when we first opened, we modeled our sessions after Atlanta. So the Atlanta Experience Center, that's connected to headquarters, also super great facility. Um, they have the same like you know ninety minutes. So we did everything in ninety minutes, but then we had so many people. That felt like they were learning so much, which is obviously what we wanted to do, um, they wanted to keep coming back. And so we saw the same people coming back over and over and over again. So we said, you know, what are we going to do? So we ended up basically, you know, Porsche Track Experience in Alabama, which used to be called Porsche Sport Driving School. Um, they have, obviously, you can get as far up as getting your racing license to go to the Porsche Track Experience. So we kind of wanted to bridge that gap just a little bit more. So the idea of that was. You know, not just doing a 90 minute introduction program where you could learn about the car and understand the dynamics of the car and understand where your, you know, talent runs out in a safe environment. Um, Meaning that, you know, like where your capabilities are and what your limits are. But then when you go to Porsche track experience, you know, you're doing the lead follow program. It's a much more fast paced course. It's obviously at a racetrack. So trying to bridge that gap, we came up with different programs. So accelerated is one of the programs that we have. Uh, It's a four-hour driving program. It does get pretty awesome because you can do the TPA app. It's a track precision app. Um, We actually do data, and we do that with one of our top tier drive coaches. So, you know, all these coaches that have been with us since, like, 2016, those are probably more the coaches that you're going to come in alignment with when you go to this type of a course. It's going to be a higher-level coaching, um, but it gets you to that point where it kind of bridges that gap more. So if you want to go to a racetrack, you don't feel so you know, fish out of water if you've never been on a racetrack before. If you go to Porsche track experience, you'll feel pretty confident right out the gate, which is also really nice. And we do have a lot of people that do that. Now, I have, we don't have a day course, Sam. Um, we probably will do a day course soon, but there's a lot of people that have actually done day courses with us where they just book back to back to back. Uh, we had a father son last year that we actually took care of his lunch. We thought it was the coolest thing that a father son came in. They came in from out of state and they literally did back to back courses for two days straight.
1: Wow! Um, and wow.
3: they loved it, but they were very tired at the end of it.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, uh, we, uh, you know, anyone who wants to know what you know the costs are, I'm sure they're broken down correct. at the website, right?
3: Yes, correct. Uh, yeah, everything you can find is on PortiaDriving.com. Um, so. Same, you know, you can see Atlanta, you can see Porsche Track Experience, and you can see the Porsche Experience Center LA, um, which is the picture that we're looking at, the front entrance there. You can look at everything on PorscheDriving.com. You can actually book it on your phone. So we have a nice website where it has a mobile app. So if you just happen to be on your phone and you want to see, or you can also walk in too. Uh, we, we always accept walk-ins. We just can't promise that we will have a slot available.
2: Okay, you know, I have to ask this, Jennifer. What if someone bends one?
3: you know it doesn't happen often thank god and it, no it does
2: but it, there are you know i've been to many track days and tracks where these people think they're a lot faster they have a lot more talent than they actually do <laughs> i know bad things happen
3: <laughs> i just love that the question comes from a former editor <laughs> yeah,
2: I, and not me not me yeah
3: yeah yeah so Good question. Um, we do have a damage waiver that we offer everyone. So the damage waivers is actually only $50. It limits your liability to 2000 If you don't do that, then your liability would be 10000 I always recommend it to friends and family. It could be something simple as you're on the low friction circuit and you drop a wheel and people don't realize that our wheels are expensive um so you know that could be your two thousand dollar deductible right there so it's you know fifty dollars and it gives you much less of a headache so you can actually go out and have a good time and not stress so much about it um but we haven't really had any bad incidents or accidents and you know again safety is our number one priority so we make sure that our instructors are fully capable of getting into a car and you know taking somebody and making sure that they feel confident when they're behind the wheel as well because up until COVID they were inside the same car that the customer was driving and so I know that you know that's stressful as a drive coach especially when this is a country road this isn't a racetrack they're not wearing helmets they're not wearing driving suits there's no roll cage so it's really about making sure that everyone feels super comfortable and you know I think that Also, too, you know, the misconception of the Experience Center is that it's a racetrack, and everyone talks about it being a racetrack, but you're not always going really super fast. I mean, when you're learning to do understeer and oversteer in, let's say, you know, our kick plate, you're only going 20 to 30 miles an hour. So, and Mm -hmm. you can see how wide that stretch of asphalt and epoxy is and where the kick plate is. So, again, it's, you know, all about being super safe in a very controlled environment so that way you can step out of your comfort zone, but do it in a way where, it, you know, if you do spin out or something happens, you know where your your talent runs out, we'll say. Um, but you'll, you'll find where those limits are, not only for yourself, but of your car. So that's also a really, you know, great thing of why we always tell people come to the Experience Center. I mean, I've put people through this, like I would put my grandmother through this if she still had her license. I, I think it's really useful for everybody. Um, and you can learn something that you could use in everyday life as opposed to, you know, people thinking that it's a racetrack and you'd only use these these skills on a racetrack. These are things that you can literally apply to everyday driving. So
2: wait, uh, you know, I'm not too familiar with the courses, but there's no helmet required on any of them?
3: No, because it's not a racetrack. So these oh, mimic three okay. roads. And then, you know, you look at our low friction circle, that's mm-hmm. a smooth concrete, uh, concrete surface, and then it's wetted. And then if you look at our low friction circuit that we've talked about earlier, that a lot of our drift drivers, formula drift drivers like, That's again, smooth concrete. And then we actually put flour down to make it extra fun and special. Um, Then we have our epoxied surfaces, which is the ice hill, which is the J, uh, which is, you know, smooth epoxied surface, wetted. Um, So you're not gonna go that fast, even if you were trying to go fast because your wheels are just gonna be spinning and then you lose control. And then it's the whole, you know, it defeats the whole purpose of the exercise. And then with the kick plate, same thing. So really where you can get speed, If you were looking at this picture, you can kind of see, if you look into the far left side, you can see the acceleration straight. And then it goes into a carousel at the very end of that, at the tip of the track. The acceleration straight, we actually do launch control on. And then the carousel is actually an exact replica of the Nürburgring in Mm. Uh, the mm. Nürburgring Carousel in Germany, which is super cool. Is so it that that's
1: small? Is important. the carousel actually that small? The, it's probably wider.
3: I'll bet you the banking and everything's the same. It's massive. Mm. It's a 33% banked curve. It's the exact same. When we cool. were doing the construction of this, this is how German perfection we are, which I love. Um, but when we built it, we actually had somebody come and test it, and they said that when you go onto the carousel and the Nürburgring, those plates, the way that they're plated, you can fill it. Mm-hmm. and we couldn't fill it enough so they actually tore all the way up and then they redid it again so then, then we had somebody come out and test it and they said that's exactly the way that it would fill if you're at the Nürburgring so we like to say that we have a piece of Germany right here in LA can
1: I go graffiti it yeah minus the <laughs> graffiti. we
3: thought maybe doing some crayon shock like you know for anniversary but it exactly. would be probably out there all day wanting to do that so we'll keep it clean
1: Taro did you do any courses here uh, no, I've shot there before though. We okay. shot something with Die before. Guy's okay. um, yep. picture with... Uh, uh, Jennifer keeps on popping up here, but... Um, Jennifer, is there a, um, something
2: uh, uh, there before? a nice little uh, uh, um, deal for GT Channel um, staffers to take
1: a course there? Or... You, <sighs> you should, should
3: come. Right? Do you see Tara on the background the,
1: there? We <laughs> have to pay the full pop. That's me in the background.
3: That's you in the background.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: Uh, it, uh, trust, me, trust me, trust me, trust me. You're looking at this picture, Taro. No
1: one would no, no one see you. No you, one will, no one will give me that. Jennifer, so. no one will give me that special. That's how young me. Guy
3: and I were when I was trying. That's actually when I just got, I think I just got the job with Porsche and I came to, or maybe I was ending with ID agency. I'm not sure, but I remember that right. event because it was uh, the first event that I had gone to in years that I'd been doing or Carl Vins, and it wasn't an event that I had done. And you guys were there, and it was always good to see you guys. Um, you, but for GT you know. Channel,
1: yeah, okay, go GD back to GT Channel, channels, yeah.
3: Twenty <laughs> percent off right now for all SoCal residents. So you know, when we were talking about you guys coming, we'd love to have you. It's twenty percent off. Portia never does discounts. I always tell my girlfriends it's like Chanel or like Burberry. Sam, I see you wearing something Burberry, so uh, oh, they don't nice. typically don't do discounts. But in terms <laughs> yeah. of right now, we're doing twenty percent off for all driving or simulators and it would be a great time for you guys to come out but i would love to have you guys come out too i'd love to go and take you for a drive
1: nice so did you know that that you would be uh heading this place when you were when you first got the job what was your you know i mean did you already know that or what what you would be doing with porsche
3: no so i always so i kind of say i dated porsche for a while um i (laughs) as you know tara we met a long time ago when I was at the ID agency and I had mm-hmm. clients like Ricardo Brembo, Ducati, Pirelli, you know, all, all the mix there. Yeah. And, uh, that's the war room. Um, mm-hmm. so if you want to stay on that for a little bit, um, so what happened was is that I went on on my own and then I started working for Ferrari. So I took up, I decided that I wanted to actually go into media. So I thought I could get more media contacts if I was working with the racing team. So I went to Scuderia Corsa working mm-hmm. for them, did PR for Exotics Racing, so I, there's another picture of us from Exotics Racing. That's right, um, in that's right. Yeah. Uh, with Sam Dew from Super Street at the time mm-hmm. and some other friends, and you know, we, every time that somebody from Porsche would come out and they'd be scouting the area of where they wanted to go, because they were talking about an area um, in more like the Inland Empire area, I was hoping, because there was a lot of rumors that they were looking at El Toro, I thought mm-hmm. that would be really cool because it's in Orange County and that's where I ultimately wanted to see myself be living. Mm-hmm. Um And then also in this place in Carson. So every time they'd come out, I'd kind of just, you know, make sure that I was always up and, and around and available to grab lunch and kind of ask them what's going on. They asked me a lot about what I did and my background because I do a lot of events at the time, PR, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff, spokesmodels for stuff and um you know, creative marketing and management with all the Ricaro ads that we did for whether it be for uh, print or programmatic and kind of had just a different various backgrounds. So it ultimately meant that I would interview for the event sales and marketing manager position. Mm-hmm. And then in that position that I was hired for in 2014, only a few months later that they decided after hiring me that there was going to be a, a delay in the Porsche Experience Center Los Angeles opening because we were a, a, When I got hired in 2014, we were supposed to actually open in 2015, spring of 2015. And if you remember right, the auto show in 2014, um, Debt Love on Plotten, that was the auto show in that that month of November that he had stated that we were going to be opening and we didn't have a set date. He didn't have that set date yet. Um, But when we got out of that and we were just literally about a week after uh, we got this setback. So it was originally la was supposed to open first, then Atlanta and it ended up being that Atlanta would open in May of 2015 and then we would go a year later and open which ended up being November of 2016. So in that time frame from when I got hired, I ended up moving to Atlanta for what I thought was going to be three months working out of a hotel ended up mm-hmm. being a year and a half
1: yeah I, so I felt like we lived it, there for a while yeah yeah
3: yeah and so what happened was is during that time also because I was hired there was only two people that were on the job that were, specific to LA. Mm-hmm. And so in that time frame, we had a construction project manager from Germany that was doing stuff. And long story short, um everyone had basically left. And it was just me that was left <laughs> for LA. Um, and I took it as like, hey, I'm single, I have no kids, I can just literally grind this out and show what I'm capable of. And it was tough because I left my car behind, which you know me, I'm like love cars. Mm-hmm. I left my friends and my family behind, but I knew that this was the right move for me because I felt like I could prove that I was worthy of doing something a little bit more than what I was currently doing. So, um, this is the war room. This is actually the office that I took in Atlanta and on the walls there. I mean, literally all the branding and all, you know, the blueprints are on the far left. You can see like all the furniture that we are working through. It was the funnest time I have to say of my life and of any job I've ever done the opportunity that Porsche gave me and a very small group of people, um, Zarnowski was our agency that was working with us. They do all of our auto shows. They do Monterey uh, Car Week with us as well. They do a lot of exhibits with us and LA auto shows and auto shows in general. Um, we really worked together and did something super special. And we're the only PEC up until this point that had not gone with that black, red, gray, white, you know, kind of motorsport, very Porsche theme. Mm -hmm. And the argument there was that, you know, I was born and raised in LA and I love cars and I grew up in car culture and I had a car before I could drive it. And I said, we have to do something different. We have to differentiate us between dealers and corporate. We want this to be a second home. You know, the idea and vision was even GT channel. If you guys wanted to do your meetings that you would come and have a cup of coffee or you would get inspired by, coming to speeds to your cafe or, you know, having lunch in the restaurant and looking at that Porsche butter and, you know, finding some type of of inspiration there. And so that was really what it boiled down to. So I worked on all of that. And then in 2016, um, that's the ramp up. So Mm -hmm. that's a bunch of post-its working with how we're going to do it. Because I think that when you take on a project like the Experience Center and you have a year out, and there's nobody on a team, and I didn't have facility background, security background, so I met with all of these individuals, and that was literally another war room that we used, and we put out kind of our timeline, and I took those post-its that everyone gave me their input, put them into a PowerPoint, because we love PowerPoints in corporate world, and then we just stuck to that timeline, and we gave our board updates on what was going to happen, and so that was ultimately how we made it happen you know like when do we hire security when do we hire facilities and when do we hire drive coaches and then you know like how do we start marketing because i was originally the event sales and marketing manager and then Mm -hmm. when i got the nod in 2016 for becoming the manager um that was in april and then we ended up doing a soft opening in october so between april and october we were just literally going crazy, and we had a hiring frenzy of, you know, we needed to basically hire 75 people in about three months, Um, and that was really crazy and super fun, and didn't get much sleep, but I didn't really get much sleep in Atlanta either, going back and forth between LA and Atlanta for as long as I did, making sure that the project was the way it was, so Mm -hmm. that's why this project is just so near and dear to my heart, because it's, it's something that, like, literally blood, sweat, and tears were in. My apartment looked all Porsche. It was renderings of what 917 could look like in speedster cafe and anyone that came over were like okay is this a is this a guy's apartment or (laughs) or what um because I had cars everywhere on my coffee table and I was trying to figure out you know like what inspiring things that would be and um but you know it all it all worked out
1: well that's great to be able to like build that from from literally you know dirt ground up right I mean it's it's got to be really special (laughs)
3: It is, and it's a great place, and it's just so nice that the community is so welcoming and, you know, people that are not even, you know, I come from a JDM background. My first car was a Honda Prelude, then I went to a 350Z, and then, uh, then I got my first Porsche, the 981 Boxster, and so, you know, everyone in car culture starts somewhere, and it's just such a cool hub for mm-hmm. people to come. And again, you don't have to love Porsche to come, but it's just a great place to, to go and, and have fun and just be with other like-minded enthusiasts
1: there's your baby right there, right?
3: There's my baby. Yep.
1: <laughs> so um, tell us about, about this one. I mean, how did you, did you, you rebuilt, well, you, you bought it. It wasn't look, it didn't look like that when you bought it, right?
3: Okay. So that I actually, so not everyone knows this. This was my first car. Okay. So I've been obsessing since I did a launch back when I worked for the ID agency, there was a uh, it was called sanctioned car care. If you remember that with cartoon,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys...
3: So we launched it, and this guy brought a speedster to the photo shoot, and I okay. took a picture in it, and I sent it to my mom, and I said, one day I'm gonna get this. <laughs> I don't know if my husband's gonna buy it for me. I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. But I promise you this: I will have that car. And so funny enough, um, I never thought I could afford it. And then I, you know, fast forward years later, I'm working for Porsche. Again, I'm on Haggerty all the time. I'm looking at Hemmings. I'm looking at Bring a Trailer. And I'm constantly looking at, you know, the 356s and what the cost goes for. And so my friends knew that I was looking for one, but I didn't want to say anything to a lot of people and make a big thing about it because I just didn't know if I could afford it. So I figured what I could do. My dad's retired. He's a fireman. Mm -hmm. He's been retired for some time and we like to do things together. So I'd said, why don't we get a project car like this? That's the one that we (laughs) we found. My friend found it out of a barn. Um, And and bull run friends of mine um, that found this said, look, we're going to give you a really good deal on this. It's a really cool story that you and your dad are going to make this car work. So if you look at the kind of the interior of the car, it was pretty bad. I called my dad. I said, dad, I don't know if we can do this. You know, I called Rod Emery, who I'm super close to. He's like a brother to me. I said, Rod, I'm going to FaceTime you. You know, Rod's like, I don't know, where are you at? And I said, well, here's the thing. The cardex on this car is Smyrna green. Mm -hmm. And if you look up Smyrna green, and I knew it because I talked to Pat Long. I said, Pat, have you ever had a Smyrna green at Lufkakul, the air-cooled car show that he puts on? Mm -hmm. They hadn't had a Smyrna green. I knew it was a very rare color for Porsche. It was only made in 63 and 64. So I feel like the story of this car came from Competition Motors when it was first sold, which is in Los Angeles. If you know about Competition Motors and all the yeah. Hollywood celebrities at the time, James Dean, they all went yeah. through Competition. Competitions uh, has also my my lucky number 38 as mm-hmm. part of the address. So I'm like everything was lining up except for the fact that this car was a POS. And so I said, <laughs> Dad, are you good with that? And he's like, That's fine. We'll do it. So we I bought the car. I came home and about two weeks later, I got a call. My friend said, look, we thought that the the floor of this car was super solid. You know, it looks pretty rough now, but if you took out the stuff and we, you know, rewired the car and we did this and that, we were thinking it was going to be maybe all in like 40 or 50,000, which would be bringing me up to a total of like 85,000. And what ended up being was when I got the call, I had to put Rod on. I was like, Rod, help me out here. He goes, that's going to be like a hundred and twenty to $150,000 bill. And you're probably not going to see that car for two years. So I oh said, Ugh. yeah. So what happened was is I got all excited. Um, you know, I only owned this car technically. And I own title on it because I bought it outright with cash. So I I owned my first 356. That was the car. And then in the midst of that, I had bought a license plate frame that I had saw on another friend's car. Mm-hmm. And it said, let's play my Porsche. And he said, these plates, you know, if you want to try and go find an old Brumos plate, or if you want to try and find a let's play my Porsche plate or competition motors, if you try and find those, usually at like the lit shows or certain Porsche events, you can find them. But they go anywhere from like $50 to $200. So, it just so happens that again, my lucky number came up. I paid thirty eight dollars for my license plate frame. Probably shouldn't say that online, but I did um, because it went at the lit show for two hundred like in February. But I bought that, it came, and just a little speck of that license plate had Smyrna green on it. So again, I'm like, oh my god, i'm I'm supposed to have this car." So I called Rod, talked to Rod, long story short. He said hey you know what, if you put it out there in the universe you'll get your smyrna green card this wasn't the one for you it was too much work you know he buys projects like this and makes them what they are and they become emory specials or outlaws and yeah, it would have been too much for me so he found me the car literally within a week this guy yeah, yeah. was walking in santa cruz it was two <laughs> months before ren sport he sent him a picture of the car and he said hey um do you, do you have any, you know, use for this car? This guy had like a 99 cent for sale sign on it. <laughs> and Rod said, give me the number now. I'm actually looking for that. Is that smart green? The guy said, yes. And so I tried to get a hold of the guy and we thought for sure it wasn't going to be a good car. And I got up to, to run sport. Uh, I left my team because we drove up there and I said I'll, I'll be back I might be another 356 owner again in about a couple <laughs> hours so I took a flashlight and then I I literally saw that and I, the sun was already setting it was super hard to see the car that is not the way that that car looked like when I first bought it by any means um it definitely needed some TLC but I knew that looking at that and giving Ron a call and he said buy it and he, he gave me a contingency as well he said if you don't like it when you drive it I'll buy it from you, but you oh, need to no. buy this. Store.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's good reassurance though, from Ronnie. I Huggler. know, right? <laughs> well,
3: I told him, I go, it has all these records. I mean, I have this inch, like literally like inch and a half book that has records of that car dating back to 1998 when it was originally restored and it was repainted. Um, But there's, there was no accidents on the car. It's a clean car. And the owner just, he had a hip replacement and he had other stuff. So he couldn't drive that car anymore, which is why he ended up selling it to me but it was just one of those cars that wasn't really driven a whole lot Mm -hmm. Um, he probably drove it on Sundays and he drove it very low in miles when he had a a new engine redone to it so you know it's just like the perfect car but looking at people that had worked on the car if you know Jack Staggs you know he worked on the car Rod's worked on the car now there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of people that date back and you can look at some of the old service records from 98 where 99 2000 you know before some of the the greatest people that have worked on Porsches have, have unfortunately passed, but they literally, there are records of them working on my car, which is super wow. cool, so yeah. really cool history.
1: That's awesome. James, do you have any uh, questions for, for Jen? You've been kind
0: of quiet. Yeah, no, I just wanted to hear more about the Morning Shift, which you guys host.
1: Oh yeah, great, great question.
3: Yeah, so that's our aerial shot of Morning Shift. Uh, you can see it's pretty packed. The only uh, parking lot, spots that are available on that far right side are actually those that we cone off for our driving programs. Uh, Morning shift is our first Saturday of every month. Unfortunately, we obviously with crowds now, we do not want to have a morning shift um, just to be safe um, and not have crowds. But this is what a typical morning shift would look like if you were to come to a Cars & Coffee. Uh, They're really, really great events. We usually do a theme around Cars & Coffee. They get this one in particular was, it looks like it was a PTS, a paint-to-sample day. So um, what you can see on that walkway, which is like that long cement walkway, mm-hmm. anytime we do a feature car, we let them stagger and park on the walkway. So, And they'll have a little featured sticker that they can go in the car or a featured p- piece of paper to let us know that they're a featured vehicle for the day, which is really nice. And then all the cars can kind of park around it. Um, we are averaging before we close for COVID over 700 people every time we do a morning shift which is super super cool and we get everything from you know Ford GTs and career GTs and 918s your supercars to project cars we've had come through Uh, and and, you know it's just really nice because again it's about the community and I go to Crystal Cove and Mulan and Enderly and all the car shows when I can when it when it is available for me if I'm not at the PEC And it's just really nice to see that, you know, this is obviously very Porsche-centric because we're at the Porsche Experience Center, but it is really nice to see, like, we did um, an off-road day. We did an overlanding day earlier this year, and we had the whole Toyota Club come out, and they actually brought their tents, and they put their tents, like, their SEMA cars, and, you know, some people even had, like, Uh, their own tap machines that were coming out of their trucks, and (laughs) the coolest things, you know, and it's like, we love to see that, Uh, it's really nice when we get to see that, or, you know, the Range Rover Club had came out, and they brought, the Bentley Club came, they've come to the Porsche Experience Center, and they brought out just some of the oldest, rarest Bentleys that are so incredible, and it just draws such a cool crowd around them, and, and it's super fun, so, I really, really hope that we can open Morning Shift again soon. It's my favorite thing to look forward to in the month. And obviously, I work there. I'm a little bit biased, but I just love the people that come. And I love talking and connecting with people that come there because they're always, you know, it's always a positive thing to come and see. And, you know, we're dog friendly as well, too. There's a lot of people that have their dogs in the parking lot and bring kids. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of all walks of life. that get to come and enjoy this. And that's really what it's all about. It's very family oriented.
1: That's great. That's great. So you, you don't have to own a Porsche to, to go to morning shift then. That's that's great. Yeah.
3: No. Yeah. And when we did, we did a mid-engine day. Mm-hmm. So imagine how many automotive manufacturers have mid-engine cars. Mm-hmm. We let them park as a featured car on our walkway. So it's not just Porsches on our walkway. Now, when we do 356 day, and that's going to be, of course, a Porsche day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've done transaxle days. We've done convertible days. Uh, We've done electric days. In March, right before we closed, we actually did an electric love day so everyone Mm -hmm. could show their love for electric cars. And we had I-8, you know, BMWs there, and we had Teslas there, and they were parked on our sidewalk. And we actually gave free demonstration laps around our handling circuit with our Taycan. We did over 500 laps in between that morning shift. Yeah, people (laughs) loved it, which is super cool. So, yeah, you guys should definitely come out. We'd love to have you. So
2: if you yeah. do rear engine day, I, I think that'll probably be a, a lot of Porsches there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we try and do you know we, we'll do like a 912 day. We wanted to do 912 day. We still will, uh, you know, GT day. Uh, we've done a motorsports day, paint a sample. So you know, we try and get. We were doing things that were more. Some of them are more Porsche specific. If we do like a 912 day or a 914 day. Um, but if we do a transaxle day or something, or, you know, an overlanding day where you've got the Range Rover club that also shows up and, you know, they just got some really cool stuff out there. So we're definitely, you know, we don't, we're, we're an inclusive brand. We want to make sure that everyone knows that, Hey, it's, it's open to everyone. We love everyone coming through and we like the diversity that we have.
1: Awesome. Great. Um, do you have, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up pretty soon, but, um, do you have um, any advice for young women who want to work in the automotive industry? You know, you've been in it for a while. True. Um,
3: <laughs> don't sit on the front hood of a car is a good one. <laughs> um, I don't say that jokingly, but I always tell my friends first and foremost. If you're looking at getting in the automotive industry, just you know, make make sure that you keep it classy. Um,
2: oh you that's know, what like, you okay. <laughs> right. I I can
3: do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that no I you know there's a lot of things that, you know I think that there's room for everyone and if you can figure out where your talent really lies you know with when it comes to events not all guys like to run events and if you think about what we do we're open 252 days out of the year and we did over 800 events last year at the Porsche Experience Center alone so we're a huge event-based business and when you think about Porsche you think about cars and you think about track. Uh, But we also have the simulator lab and we have the restaurant and we have all these different facets and I think with women We're so good at multitasking and there's so many women that actually work for Porsche. It was Quite honestly, I was more shocked at that when I first worked for Porsche cars North America because when I went to headquarters in Atlanta and I saw them out of women having my background and working for all these different automotive companies before and I was usually always working with men Mm-hmm. Whether it's journalists or, you know, looking at all the companies that I have on, you know, my portfolio, I would usually always have a, a male boss to look to or, or something like that. And when you look at Porsche, we are so, um we're really good about, you know, finding talent and, and not, not even discriminating for what they, I mean, look at me, I'm not a 50-year-old man in my role as a general manager running the Porsche Experience Center, which is, the second largest investment that Porsche cars North America has made since they opened the experience center in Atlanta. So I would say for any young women out there, if they want to go for it, go for it and, you know, don't be shy, but treat it like any other job. I don't think that I don't look at myself as a female in a man's world so much. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing female events all the time because I feel like, again, if we're saying that we're, we are feeling excluded, I don't want us to also exclude men from mm-hmm. coming to our events. I think, you know, there's room for everyone and, and it's just about, your passion and going for it so if you want to get into it then get into it but just make sure that your social media is on point and that you know people can't later on go back to you and say well hold on here uh we're sitting on you know, the hood <laughs> yeah you know because the problem yeah it's you know it'd be the same thing if, if a guy got into a woman's world or something it's yeah, like yeah. you have to show credibility and i think you know the easiest thing is is we're all we're all human beings and we all take a look at each other and you know say like Okay, well, I wonder if that person can do that, Joel. Rob, that, that role, I, I get it a lot. I actually get it from women. And, you know, they always, I, some of them have come up to me and said, well, I just thought you were, you know, a pretty girl running this. And I didn't know exactly why. And that's totally okay. I, I you know, I get it. But um, I think as a woman, you know, we have a lot of room for doing things in this world. And there's a lot of really cool things with running in the automotive world. I love this job. I love Porsche. I love automotive in general. That's why I've worked in the automotive industry for as long as I have. And I think that everyone has always embraced me for whatever reason. And, you know, I just always seriously wanted to make sure that whatever I did and however I did it was always super professional. The best advice I could give anyone is just you know, and find your passion and go forward with it. And don't think of it as, you know, being a woman in a man's world. Just think about it, feeling comfortable
1: in your own world. Well, that's great. Great inspiration. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Um, hey, and where can we uh, learn more about uh, the Porsche Experience Center? Uh, give us your plug. No, um for sure. I was going to actually plug Sam's book that
3: I just bought on Amazon too. In case- <laughs> Oh, thank you. So you're very welcome. So my order is um, so first of all www.PorscheDriving.com. You can find everything from what you've got pulled up there. Uh, you can see the Porsche owner experience is something that we're advertising, but you can find everything that you need to know about Atlanta, Los Angeles, Porsche track experience, and even um, some of our other programs that we have. And then we also have an Instagram page. So if you want to follow our Instagram, it's just PECLA is our handle. Um, and then also Restaurant 917 if you're a foodie. And then if you don't know already, um, I'm just pulling this up here. Prototype is in the mail, which I'm super excited to receive. I'm going to be receiving it <laughs>
1: tomorrow.
3: Um, it looks like this if you haven't seen the there you cover go. there.
2: Jennifer, I, I've I've been plugging it enough here. so <laughs> <laughs> But thank you. All but if you listeners have- like it, please let me know, okay? I think you'll I like well, it. I will, for sure.
1: Yeah. So yeah, and you, and you are at G.I. I Gen on Instagram as well? Everybody yeah,
3: there. there's my car. There's my, my new handbag that I use, which is super cool, and some fun photos there. So I haven't been at the PEC much, so I haven't actually been able to post too much. But, um, yeah, you can follow me at G.I. Gen, follow the PECLA, uh, follow Restaurant 917. Of course, we follow all of you guys, and we look forward to having you come to the Porsche Experience Center soon. Would love to have you, especially right now. Tell all of your friends twenty percent off for all Southern California residents. And uh, you know, other than that, if you have a Porsche and it's 1990 or newer, you can come and drive it on Thursdays at 4 p.m. in our Porsche Owner Experience. This Sunday is actually our first Sunday. We're doing our first Sunday ever, um, having been open for four year, almost four years now. So our four year anniversary is in November. I can't believe it's going so quickly. Wow. Um, but we'll now be starting the third Sunday of every month will be our Sunday um, opening and we will have our Porsche young driver experience that will happen on Mm -hmm. during the morning. It's a four hour program. Uh, Really good. We're super excited. We're almost sold out for this Sunday and we haven't even actually posted so much of it on social yet. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, the afternoon will be regular retail. So really looking forward to that on Sunday. I'll be there on Sunday just to see how it's going. And we've spent a lot of time working on our Porsche young driver experience and i'm looking forward to having some of the younger drivers behind a porsche car to see how that works out but it should be a lot of fun
1: that's great that's great everybody go go visit the porsche experience center in la go say hi to jennifer if you see her uh, and learn all you all you want on on their website and follow them on on instagram and and other social outlets (laughs) please all right jennifer thanks for uh being on our show it was great fun. Thank you.
2: Hey man, my computer crashed. So
1: I kind of missed all the all the good stuff. So i are gonna have to rewind and, and watch, Sam. you are gonna have to. We, we talked
3: about you driving the rodeo or the rodeo to the Porsche Experience Center for morning shifts soon.
2: Oh well, um, I I was very
3: <laughs> this close to having
2: a 997 uh, right before the corona thing.
1: Ah. Uh, and well, you know, i just
2: you so close to buying it. So oh well. I hope you do. That will. I be will. Super- I'm gonna
3: have a 911 soon. As soon as perfect, this, come visit.
1: Definitely.
3: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Right. Appreciate no, thank you. Yeah.
1: Appreciate it. Awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer.
2: Thank hey, you. Je- hey, James, why don't you uh, give us the Zoom so people can see J- Jennifer here? It's been a, <laughs> oh, a oh, geez. damn screen the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's back and forth. Right? <laughs> Is it it's back and forth? It's, it's uh, it was like his dang screenshot the whole time. So, anyways, oh. that's. but anyways jennifer thanks so much awesome yes all right take care stay stay healthy yeah you too
3: get your porsche and then come play
1: i definitely will we'll see you (laughs) all right take care all right Dude,
0: my freaking computer crashed. Hard. When you say your computer crashed, Sam, does that mean you had to go to the bathroom? Is that what it's uh, you it for I example? Mean, it, my it, computer no, it crashed. Because time. I have to
2: I have to restart it and then it takes forever to restart so yeah, it's it's my, it might be time for a new computer here. Uh,
0: Maybe Zoom. you should get two computers, Sam, before you get that new Porsche and obviously your well, okay. uh, well, island well, and Hawaii. in Hawaii.
2: a Porsche, but prices are a little different. But you know, I mean uh, before we get into it, we just talking Porsches. You know, I mean, uh, she she mentioned the nine twelve. Wouldn't the nine twelve be an awesome Porsche to bring back again? Because I mean, the nine eleven right now has been is is the price is getting up there. You know, yeah. it's over a hundred thousand dollars. You Used mm-hmm. to be able to get nine eleven for you know about sixty grand a Carrera or two. So it would be great to have a car that looks like. I mean, what do you guys think? It
0: looks like the nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So you want to put a engine uh, or something? You want to you want know, put a golf engine in? Yeah, maybe a, for about
2: sixty thousand or seventy thousand bucks. I mean, I would buy it. You know.
0: Well, why don't you just buy a Boxster Sam, instead? Because I like the 911. Well, then you buy the 911, right? So the Boxster, you could always get a Cayman if you want to want to split the difference. Well, then I would buy a 912 if they had it. But why would you have a 912 when you've already got the Boxer and Cayman? I don't have the Boxer and Cayman. But Porsche does. Yeah, I know, I but is kind of are
2: two plus two. That uh, yeah. shape, you know, you kind of want, you know. I mean, it's, you know, it's. I, I think,
1: I think like it's a good, the, I good, like the good, middle, middle ground. Yeah, you know, I because, like the 912 because, okay. like, I think It a Hasn't star- been around for
2: ages, but yeah, I, I like, like the 912.
1: Well, like the a starter Porsche, right, would be like a Cayman or a Boxster, right, basically. Oh, but if a you Boxster, want, probably. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you want something a little bit more. You know,
2: and plus those are two-seaters, right? The 911 is officially a two plus two, even though yeah. you know, as James will point out, you can't get anything in those rear seats. So, you know, But but no, I like the 912. Did she did she say what her like favorite Porsche of all time was? Do we have a? Do you guys have a favorite all-time Porsche? Race um, car or, or um or a production car? Besides the 917, 917 is an easy pick. 'Cause I yeah. mean the nine seventeen is just that's you know, that's 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 a legend. That's an icon, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: Especially um, with well, the one golf colors. I kinda like the Sonoka one, you know, that Mark Donahue drove to. But uh
1: I really don't have a a a favorite, actually. I like I like all Porsches. I even, like, I, I even like. You even a, like the
2: 914s and the nine twenty
1: fours. Well, I I even like like the nine twenty eight. You know, like because Oh, a, the nine twenty eight, eight's
2: okay for the V you No, know,
1: because yeah, I'm I'm a product. I like of the, the nine sixty
2: eight too, but you know, you know and
1: I mean, like I, I the other day I, uh, near my home, I saw a, like really clean nine forty four. Right, just just like driving yeah, along. Nine forty four. Yeah, I mean, I like the nine twenty four. To me, was not
2: a Porsche. That was an Audi, with a yeah, Porsche badge yeah, yeah, on it. But. Yeah. You know.
0: probably um, just have to go a little bit left center left field and say i'd like an rsr i think that's my favorite an rsr yeah that's that's a pretty damn nice portion i sat as i was lucky enough to sit in one at the peterson when i was taking photos of it and i just felt like yeah i was at home with that one i was like this i don't Porsches to me i'm kind of like man but then when i sat in that one i was like yeah this is i could get used to this 1974 carrera rsr yeah
2: absolutely uh, I,
0: that felt pretty good i'll say that
2: yeah, yeah. and that's another thing james when we we're talking about the uh 912 the 911 has such history and you know such you know it's just an icon and you know if you can't afford a 911 you know you could still say hey i i got a car that looks just like it it's a 912 but you know it's part <laughs> still part of the hooded yeah, yeah hereditary you know stuff but i i like the 912 concept so That's all I'm saying. You know, the 906, I don't know if you guys remember the Porsche 906, but that is pretty much the car that probably made Japan that really advanced Japanese race car to the modern age, because that's the car that came in and beat all the Japanese cars in the Japanese Grand Prix, I think is the fourth Japanese Grand Prix, the 906, because they're, Mm -hmm. you know, when that thing showed up, they're going, what the hell is this? This you know, but it was, you know, it was, it
1: was legal and it, it just killed them. Well, that's, that's why they had to go develop the GTR because they were just getting their asses kicked.
2: Well, not the, not even the GTR. <laughs> I mean, it was the, uh, the you know, the Prince um, race car, the, you know, so.
0: Didn't the Prince car it's, look very eerily similar to the, the 906 as well? Yeah, right? yeah, because they pretty much copied it, I think, you know, they
2: yeah. said, hey, we got, <laughs> you know, we, our cars are, our boxy cars are aren't, are, are no match for this swoopy thing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anyways. Okay, so uh, who's up
0: next? You're up, Sam. Am I? You are.
2: I wish Jennifer stayed around
1: because- uh, uh, had I had a meeting at three something. So.
0: Oh, that's, that's all right, but
2: maybe, maybe it's good she didn't because let me get the pictures up here. Uh, we're gonna do a bit of a update and a, um, um, whatchamacallit, uh, update and review of this car. which I think you guys could see, yeah?
0: I can see that
2: one, Sam. Okay, so um, the Tesla Roadster, that's what that car is. Uh, can you see it? Yes. Yep. Oh, great, okay. Only so, I
0: can't see it if my eyes are closed though, Sam. Okay, well, open your eyes. All we right, go. So open. I'm
2: sure you guys now all you know, know about the Tesla Roadster. It's uh, just to remind you guys who don't know what this is and you know what the Tesla Roadster was about. Elon Musk unveiled this car uh back in november 19 uh, 1978 back in november 2017 (laughs) and uh you know whatever everyone says whoa you know was that he says it was going to run from zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds which is uh pretty crazy for a production car i mean that's we're talking almost formula one uh zero 60 time there and reach a top speed of more than 250 miles an hour and uh it's four wheel drive because they'll do the two motors, you know, one up one up front, one up uh, rear. And um, do you guys remember what he said the range of this car would be? The driving range?
0: Didn't he say like 450 miles or something? 620 I think? miles. 620? Well, yeah, so, yeah that, that means you could drive from
2: LA to Las Vegas and have, you know, battery to spare, which is crazy, right? And, you know, I mean, Elon Musk, usually when he says he's, you know, he's going to deliver, I, I kind of believe him, you know? And, um um, this car was supposed to come next year, right? It was scheduled to arrive in 2021, but that's been totally postponed because of the, you know, this dang virus. Um, most of it was this dang virus. Maybe, you know, I mean, there was there was some internal um, um, rumors about, you know, capacity, production, all those problems. But uh, recently, Musk did a hint in an interview, and this is kind of the update part of the of the whole story, is that the production of the car will start here in California. So the car is going to be made in California and production is going to start within 12 to 18 months. So uh, in the next year and a half, production is going to start for this car. So this car is coming. Uh, a lot of people said uh, maybe, you know, it'll get canceled, but no, it's it's not. Uh, so if that's the case, it'll probably be available in 2022 or 2023. So it won't be delayed that much. Uh, and if that's the case, it'll probably come out about the same time as the Cybertruck, which I know you guys, you guys like, I think, right?
1: Do You guys like the Cybertruck? Uh, I didn't, I wasn't too much of a fan.
2: Ah, okay. Well, and the Cybertruck actually being in, uh, built in Austin, Texas, so it's kind of nice to have something, you know, built in California again, because everyone's leaving California. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the price tag for the Roadster, they, uh, as Elon Musk said, is a cool 200,000 bucks right? And then there's a rumor of an upgrade version for $250,000. And there'll be also a special package, and I think this is kind of cool, uh, called the SpaceX package. And Mm -hmm. they said that's going to include a bunch of cold air thrusters around the car, make it go (laughs) faster. So does that mean
0: they're just going to launch it into space and create space rubbish with your car? I I don't know. It might. I think that's
2: like totally cool. So uh, but, anyways, here's the rear of the car. Let me uh, get that out of there and show you So there. the
1: SpaceX version is an actual thing that they're. they're That's what about? the rumor is. Yeah. So, uh,
2: and I don't know where you know maybe you know right around here there'll be some thrusters or something or in yeah, in the uh, yeah. in the rear, but it's a really pretty car as you guys could see because um, you know um, the, I I even like how the Model X or Model X Model S looks. Um, the front again so yeah it is it is a good looking car this uh and it's very very simply designed it looks like what a tesla roaster would look like
1: uh, any thoughts on you guys about this car I'm, i like the look of it it looks it's a it's a nice looking car i'm just not... like
2: concept or anything all right let, let me do this then this is what i've got prepared for you guys so here are some of the cars can you see this my uh here are some of the cars right around that price range, and these are mm-hmm. gasoline-powered ones. Yeah, um, we got the R8 Spyder, the McLaren GT, the Bentley Continental, the Porsche 911 Turbo, which you know we I wish we had Jennifer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lomb- the Lamborghini Hur- uh, Huracan, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, uh, and the Ferrari Portofino. You can see the um, horsepower, we don't know really what the horsepower of the uh, uh, Tesla Roadster is going to be at. But mm-hmm. you know, if it's going to go zero to sixty in 1.9 seconds, it's going to be huge. And then I devoted a whole page because I thought Jennifer would be here to the Taycan, which is at 185,000, and that's LA in the background, at 750 horsepower. So uh, with, oh, sorry about the, there we go. Um, what do you guys think? Well, would you guys buy one of these cars instead of the Roadster?
1: What are your thoughts? I'll kind of Right, you can go the same. I, I, I'm, I'm just not, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old-fashioned. I'm just not sold on the electric car. <laughs> not even Taycan in, in 2020. I'm just not sold on the electric car okay. concept. So you're still like, a gasoline man. Well, like especially after like the whole, um, you know, is it is it really like as a whole saving us energy yes is, is my question. Absolutely. Right? Oh, it will. Absolutely. And, you know,
2: we're talking about you know emissions too, you know?
0: Absolutely, Tara. Well, it's the, fossil
2: fossil fuels. Sure. I, I agree. I agree with
1: James.
0: I absolutely mean, every, a million percent. If everyone was
2: driving electric, it'd be awesome, right? It'd be it'd make yeah, a but, huge
1: difference. But think about like all the you know all the effort you need to create batteries and create these electric cars too though. You still need, you know, starting from bulldozers to you know trucks to carry these you so uh, uh
2: let me let me uh taro trump uh, let me
1: uh, let me interrupt you there i mean do you not believe in climate change i mean no i do i do that's what oh, i'm saying okay. that all right that's what i'm saying i'm saying that if we are we not better off without you know electric cars and just why don't we just you know, uh, that's just my, my thing. I'm just not convinced yet that- Well, that to, you know, so a, little bit to
2: you, a little bit to your defense, the cars right now burn so cleanly. It's, yeah. you know, re, you know you, even though they're gasoline, they burn so cleanly, but, you know, we're, we're, they still, you know, it still runs on fossil fuels, right? So that's, that's yes. number two, you know, that, you know, that's bad on emissions. And yeah. if, like, all, you saw, you know, all those big rigs and trucks, if they're all electric, and most of the cars, if their passenger cars are electric, uh, it's good. It makes a. It'll make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know uh, I, I, that. That makes sense. I mean, but that's only like the. the
0: but tip okay, of the so Tarle, here
1: because... Okay, Taro have
0: you been buying uh shares in Exxon and Shell? Is that why this is going in this direction? No, is that no, we're telling Chevron? us. <laughs> no, I haven't.
1: I you haven't know,
2: actually. I have shares in Exxon and Chevron. You know, they're they're half of what it was when I bought them. So it's, it's no. I'm, I'm good, just. But, I'm just
1: know. saying, as a as a whole, you know, from. uh, from the entire okay, Earth Let is, me put it
2: this way then, Tara. Uh, let me put it this way. You have an electric
0: is that, Did Tara just say from the flat Earth's perspective? Is <laughs> that what you just said, Tara? <laughs> no, from
1: from a whole global warming Earth perspective. Flat Earth's perspective? <laughs> the <Taro. rounder>.
2: Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's say you have a Nissan Ari- Aria in your garage already, okay? Yeah, you yeah, have yeah, a nice yeah. electric car that you and your family uses. Very nice, it's got plenty. All right, so hey, it's time for you to have your weekend car. Let's say uh, GT Channel just broke some huge records and boom, you, you were purchased by Microsoft or something and a lot of money came into your, okay. uh, your lap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, $200,000 and you go, okay, well, we're going to give you one of these cars as a bonus. Okay. Which car would these be? And including the Tesla Roadster yeah, yeah. in here. Which one would it be? You have uh, an Aria already, okay? So you're doing your part for the interim. Yeah, yeah. Interim and these none of and these, you know, you could say, hey, I'm gonna just drive on the weekends or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: I would probably get the turbo.
0: Oh,
2: the Porsche turbo. Yeah, yeah, the 911 turbo. Yeah, okay. That uh, you can you know, I can't
0: criticize anyone for picking a Porsche 911 turbo. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, fair enough. How about you, James? Oh, I don't know. See, so This is where it gets really difficult. See, you I know, force... you're a
2: McLaren guy, so.
0: Yeah, but then the McLaren's the weird one with the GT where you can't access the engine, I think, from memory. Oh, um, really? So that presents a, a philosophical problem for me. <laughs> um, I'd like, uh, truthfully, I'd probably want to go with the uh, Lamborghini Huracan because I like the idea of getting a Lamborghini in a flashy color um, for my weekend car. I think that would just be really fun. Yeah,
1: it um, would be perfect for you. You don't, you don't have kids. You can fit uh, your wife
0: and... Kiwi. In Perfect, Kiwi, that's all I Right need.
1: in there, no
0: problem. Yeah, but um, uh, I mean, I'd probably want to see at that point, you know, you're not really buying the car, you're buying the, lo- the lifestyle associated with it. Um, I think the idea of owning a Ferrari and having everyone talking to you about your Ferrari when you go to the petrol station or whatever you need to fill up would be kind of uh, uninspiring. So the take and being electric, that rules out having to go stop a petrol station, so that's advantageous. And then <laughs> no one really talks to you if you've got an Audi. Uh, R8 Spider because it's so unobtrusive, <laughs> so you can also oh, and that's just as that yeah. fast as all the others. So yeah. I'd be like, that's the one I'd want. Like I'd be able to drive through town and be like, yeah, no one cares about this one.
2: Okay, so oh. the short answer is the Lamborghini.
0: Yeah. Ah, okay, all right.
2: And then uh, I actually, Toro, yours is probably the big best bang for the bucks. It's under forty horsepower uh, if you don't count the Tycon. You know. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I would probably go with a Ferrari just because it's a
0: Ferrari. You can never and New York Samitani, I'd expect nothing less than that Sam. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: you put your Steven sure. Seagal sunglasses on, and oh, then you'd man, be right I at home in your I Ferrari. have been retired. We were confusing people with those man. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? You were getting confused in the street again, saying, "Oh my word, is that Steven Seagal walking no, past Huntington Beach?" Dude, I better not be getting confused.
2: With that.
1: That's like the whole shtick of the show now, Sam. You got to continue with it. You can't no, just no, drop no, it. No, no, I've been.
2: I think I. I think I. I think I've been a good. I think I think, I think think it, it could
0: die a quiet death. A quick question though for you two, what do you feel about Tesla uh, talking about having the ability to remove uh, aspects of their cars via Wi-Fi and the ability to, so if you own a Tesla, Tesla still has control over the car and they can turn features off on you without your knowing. How do you guys feel about that if you had a Tesla? I would not feel good about that at all. I thought all. they already
1: do that, don't they? Don't they like do the updates?
2: That's updating. Up I don't think they have control over it. You know what no, saying?
0: they can they, they could officially take and can turn pieces of your car off if they want yeah. to. So yeah, in, of course. I mean, who would like that? No one would like that. But that's what's going to happen to you if you purchase a Tesla second hand. That's going to be the net result is they have the ability to remove features from your car at any time. at their women pleasure of Mr. Elon if you upset him on Twitter, say, for example. God, that's scary. That's almost like a movie. And then would you feel like that if the world went that way, for example, as used like a pay for play to things? So, for example, if BMW, Sam, Dixon, I know you're a big BMW guy, or in this case, Mercedes is their next article B, yeah. and they could, you <laughs> could just pay for your heated seats in winter uh, and then not pay for them in summer. Would that be something you'd be like, you'd play to where you could have like a, a pay as you go plan for your car and its features? Oh,
2: that, that I think could work, don't you?
0: so you'd be happy just having a button there but it didn't do anything and if you didn't want to pay the extra three dollars a month so
2: if it's three dollars a month i probably oh, okay. wouldn't bother okay. with it yeah.
1: yeah 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 i mean it's like software right mm-hmm. you know like you have a uh, microsoft whatever or you know you have uh, uh mac os catalina and they can do whatever the heck they want to to the software updates for the next version and you you know you you might lose Messenger one day because not a lot of people are using it. It's kind of like the same thing. What do you go? Where are you guys on autonomous?
2: I mean, is that something you guys would be totally interested in having an autonomous car? <sighs> having auto, full on autopilot? Ah, oh, I think it'd be cool to have it in my car. But yeah, like James was saying, hey man, I would not like you know. Or James was kind of almost hinting at I would not want someone to hack into my system, have some freaking crazy Russian, you know. <laughs>
0: Wow! Well, wow, well, Sam! I can't believe you went straight
2: there.
0: <laughs> hey, it's true, man. They're trying to rig this. I did, Putin. I know I you're listening. I did not say that. That was Sam Mitani, aka Steven Seagal. Why?
1: wouldn't you trust the Russians, Sam? Come on, our president trusts the Russians more than our U.S. intelligence. I know. I know it's sad, but let's not make it political. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, have of, we have a lot of right-wing listeners too, so it's cool. Anyways, I mean, but well, I mean, I, I would. I, you know, I mean, like. I would be a little wary just because of the whole hacking and that kind of systems. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it is possible.
1: It is scary. It, though, it would be very convenient,
2: I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I way. mean, you know, hacking is a is a real deal. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what you believe in. People can hack into computers, and the exactly. more the more cars are relying on computers, there's there's that risk, you know, okay. that someone can hack into your, in your into your
0: car. I'm especially here, especially when you're them. driving it. I'm just going to say, look, I'm down with Tom Cruise. I've watched the movie. I've seen what happened in War of the Worlds. You need to have your old Mustang ready to go, just in case <laughs> the aliens come and then turn all the electricity <laughs> off. So I'm ready. That's the that's the route I'm going down.
1: Yeah, we need to go back to carburetors and. That's you know, right. Everything. Yeah, because since Taro's
0: old school, Taro's going down the. He's buying shares again. The value's going up, so we better get back into that oil business. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, this is uh, just a... Little bit of a newsworthy thing. It's just for, for, for a really, really hardcore um, otaku tech geeks. But uh, with everyone gunning for Tesla now, including uh, uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, many I speak to, you know, many of the people I, sp- I'm, I you know, I talk to in the industry, including those from Japanese and German car companies, just can't really explain the crazy valuation and stock run of the of tesla i mean i think it was up a lot and they're doing a five to you know five for one or is it a four for one five for one split i think so you know anyone could buy it, but i mean the, the uh just a quick story you know uh, about 10 years ago when the stock was trading like around 200 250 dollars uh, you know a few friends asked me whether they should buy it and i said yeah you know i don't know if i would i wouldn't just because you know i mean they're kind of new and it's hard for a car to just come in you know, a company to just come in and start up and you know, be crazy successful, you know, like Vector and
0: DeLorean and all that kind of stuff. And Do You, you know, mean they weren't successful? You could, Vector well, they were successful, incredibly but, you know, successful they, in my they, they, eyes.
2: They kind of, wow. well, they didn't have a very, very, um, uh, they kind of crashed and burned, you know, in a way. So, um, and so I said, you know, and, you know, guys like Porsche, BMW, Toyota, you know, they've been building cars for over a hundred years, Ford. Uh, over you know gm for 100 you know uh, almost a 100 years and some over a 100 years so you know i mean how are you gonna how are you gonna compete with that so i told them not to and wow what's the stock at now? 1500 or something so
1: (laughs) are they they killing are they calling you back and say sam no
2: no no i'm glad (laughs) they're not but i just go hey man you know i didn't buy any so you
1: know
2: i mean and you know right now the valuation of tesla is more than like disneyland Mm -hmm. more than nvidia you know uh, it's it's crazy so uh so, anyways, with the Porsche, you know, uh, you know, we saw that the Porsche Taycan uh, has come out. So, there, you know, the traditional car makers are coming, and everyone I spoke to who drove both Model S and the Taycan said they prefer the Taycan. They thought the Taycan drove better. So, I think, I think, you know, uh, Tesla is going to be getting some competition. I'm not saying you should, you should or shouldn't buy the stock. I'm just saying, you know, there's going to be more competition. So Mercedes-Benz is taking aim at Tesla by partnering with chip maker NVIDIA and, mm-hmm. and those you know guys who are in the gaming industry you know NVIDIA is uh, they de- they develop and produce graphics processes for computer games and they're like one of the biggest ones ever and the way they spell their name is NVIDIA so there's no vowel between N so uh, and the V so it's California company, NVIDIA is a California company, and they've been active in the field of automated driving for some time. So by 2018, this uh, the company, which is based in Santa Clara, was partnering with Tesla, actually, to pave the way for the brand's autopilot. And, you know, autopilot had some you know had some bad press, good press lately. Sam, uh, just
0: remember that autopilot is not an autopilot software. It's just called autopilot. Exactly, it doesn't mean right. it does autopilot. Exactly
2: right. So that's just where- Just remember the, that. I know that. Thank you. But yes, I know that. So but thank you, James. So now Mercedes has kind of stolen away NVIDIA away from Tesla to help them with their digital features in its future cars. And they'll be uh, using NVIDIA's drive architecture uh, that will make it simpler to implement autonomous driving functions functions to future Mercedes Benz cars. So the idea is that customers can still update their vehicles with new features and after purchase you know so they just like taro you were saying you know you could get or was it you james that you could just get keep getting updated you know after you buy a used car and it'll come with all the bells and whistles of a new car because it's being constantly updated even if you buy uh, a used one so it's exactly what i think it was you james that you were talking about Mm -hmm. so the new nvidia systems the mercedes-benz will also have a lot of ai uh, applications artificial intelligence and uh, we hear that the german company is dead serious about bringing the Best autonomous drive systems into you know uh, into the market first, so that's why they uh, sought the help of Nvidia, and they said their first cars are going to be coming in 2024. And I have an image of this car up because uh, this is the latest Mercedes-Benz uh, software uh, show car. To um, they said that's going to have some autonomous drive systems. So. Um, and then I'll show you what the interior of this car looks like. I mean, it's really almost like, you know, do you really drive in it or do you not drive, you know, I mean, or do you just sit in it? So that's how the interior of this uh, the, this show car looks. So so, anyways, expect something like this to be coming. In what 20- are
1: we looking at here? I don't even, what, what is this? That's,
2: that's a seat. This oh, is okay, the dashboard. Okay, There's this, you know, uh, okay. right? The console. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just takes it. It's here. like, it's like a roll space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you like, just sit there and... So yeah, so you got to just sit there. You can maybe watch, you know, watch your favorite, watch your you know favorite movie here, you know, as you're driving. <laughs> so, so anyways, so that's uh, that's the deal. Uh, just like you were saying, James, and what we were talking about about being updated and stuff. It is coming. So, uh, whether so you Christmas, like it or not,
0: Sam. So is Christmas.
2: So is Christmas. Exactly. Just like Christmas. So anyways that's my report for um this week. Very low on the scoop stuff because it's been nothing's really happening. Everything's about the you know the Z and the and that kind of stuff. so. Sam, do mm-hmm. you think
0: the scoops are sort of drive, dropping off a bit because obviously we've got leftover from covid and people are just sort of rolling back into work and things like that? Is that that's what you think?
2: That's so 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 true. Mm-hmm. So true. I mean, you know, uh, they say you know a lot of people say uh, you know uh, working from home is actually you know, been increasing production and everything, when we're, you know, on the other side of this COVID thing, people are going to be, you know, not pe- many people are going to be going back to the office. I think, you know, I think that's a little premature. I, I find it, I find some people that I'm working with that are working from, they're not working that hard. You know, they're
0: still <laughs> getting their paycheck. They're <laughs> are you saying instead of them working hard, they're hardly working, Sam? Is that I what think, I think that's
2: what I'm, I, I don't know if I would say hardly working, but they're not worry. Yeah, they're not as busy as they were when they're in the office. Let's just put it that way. So really, yeah. Well, yeah. I cannot name names. I cannot name companies. <laughs> some people. And, and and by the way, and I'm not talking about either of you. So that's very kind of you to say,
0: Sam. I appreciate. Oh, thank you. So, James,
2: you. I am going to pass the baton to you.
0: Well, I was going to say we should pass it to Tarot first because I saw some incredibly good and enjoyable videos over on gt channel youtube so i thought you might have some of those I, I saw oh, those
1: okay. too all right we can we can do that um actually it's a great wait hold on i don't want this is you're just looking at my are you are you seeing my screen
0: we well, can yes oh, okay good you're you're looking at my uh I'm looking at your MVP video list and your My. luminary and your 4,239 bracketed things for GT Channel and GT Channel's Amazon and the buyer's guide, tc.xls. <laughs> what are, you, what
1: are you a Russian, are you a Russian <laughs> spy? Look, this is just all he's showing us. Look at that. There. How's that? This Perfect. is better, right? Yeah. So, um, actually, great timing because uh, gtchannel.com, just uh, we have a new site. You have a new site. This is um, actually um, the fruit of our own internal team. Uh, on the back end, we have a thing called Creator Suite that's that's running and um, managing this all of this content. So what it does is we can um, uh, cut up these videos, these full-length, this is a five-minute video that we just released yesterday but it cuts, cuts them up into these smaller uh, micro moments here. Can you have Justin smile for some of these frozen shots? <laughs> and that, that's kind of his, his, his character. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, oh, he's what, kind of
2: smiling there. So we'll that's, tell him
1: that. Yeah, we'll tell him oh, that. Oh, he's kind of smiling there. So, that's yeah. so as you can see up here, these are the micro moments. within within the video so so you could
2: could actually go so if you press those you could go straight to it in the video yeah
1: you can and and check this out right here it even within a video you can we have links inside the video and this will take you to uh you know a page that that shows you um the cappuccino the cappuccino yeah so you know you can watch the video like any other any other video but what it does is when you um, when it comes to this point right here, uh, where it's sh- you can click on this thing up here, and it kind of gives you uh, a lot more information than you would uh, than just watching. So you can kind of pause it, and and you know it'll give you an explanation on what the uh, a JDM Suzuki Cappuccino is, and it talks about what's a K car, and you can you can kind of Ex- explains to you, you know, what a, what a K car is. So you, it's just a more rich experience that you can get from a video. Um, this is still, you know, we're still developing this technology as we go along, but I'm really happy to see this finally public. Uh, this is what we've been working on for the past six months, so uh, I'm, I'm really glad that this is finally out and about.
2: Congratulations,
0: it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, incredible.
1: Thanks, so uh, go to gtchannel.com, check it out, click around, please guys and uh you know if you have any um questions you know hit us up on you know social media or or facebook or whatever uh we'd love to hear your feedback on all this stuff and new content is coming out you know weekly so we're we're trying to keep this as fresh as possible too
0: yeah, and the Robbie Nishida videos that have been coming out of it incredible, and obviously the garage visits and everything else is fantastic to be watching.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, the Robbie's, Robbie's uh, videos are very popular. This one we did, I think I introduced this one a couple weeks ago. After yeah. Jennifer right? says, don't don't sit on the hood. Well, actually,
0: he's <laughs> laying on the trunk. <laughs> that's okay, Sam. If you're laying on the trunk, it's totally fine. It's, it's sitting so. on the hood is the, on the bonnet is not the good ones to do. Yeah.
1: So that's, that's my report. Cool.
0: Go check so, out gtchannel.com, please. As always, as always, like, subscribe, follow, right? Yes, of course. Um, so where should we start? Should we cover the motorsport first, or should we look at the – should we talk about my review for the last week? Uh, I, want, I want to hear motorsport. Sure. So it's let me just – First stop. Yes. Yeah, so obviously we've got the, the Formula One happening. We had the two races over the past two weekends in Silverstone. It looks like Taro is doing a Sam Natani there. <laughs> oh, no, he's back much quicker, so that's good. Um and then we had the upset, one might say, with uh, Verstappen winning last weekend at Silverstone there, which was a little bit of an upset. Um, I will say, obviously, the week before, seeing uh, Hamilton finish the race on three wheels was really, really, really impressive. I mean, the, seeing him driving at 70% throttle on three wheels is, I mean, it's a pretty special guy to be able to do that. Well, you know, I mean, I am, I am, you know, I, I don't, I, I think he, like you said, James, he is in
2: the, I, I don't know if he's the greatest driver all time yet with like you say, but I think he is definitely in the conversation. The guy has, the guy has it. Yeah. You know, he's has it and not many drivers in history have that it and he has got it. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah. And, and I think that they move to Spain this weekend as their next schedule. Mm -hmm. um in regards to that they're still obviously going to be going there i think it's then formula one is going spain then belgium with a week break between the two but they're still on the european uh leg and then i think that doesn't end until we get the to move to the end of november when they've got the break between europe and then they move to abu dhabi do you uh, have
2: a screenshot of uh where they are standing right now with the points and how many you know
0: after how many races or anything uh no i haven't sam but i could pull one together if you need me to well
1: would you want to
0: see
1: it let me me pull it up for you
0: you know i've got it right now i mean
2: it's not difficult yeah okay but it's uh i you know uh, of course it's both us and
0: you know uh uh, there you go there
2: you see look at that awesome
0: so i will say that i have really been enjoying um the behind the scenes video the footage of them uh, the drivers working with each other. And that the, I think that that's been a lot better this year because there haven't been a have-to-do and take part in all the constant media stuff that we need to pull up on a regular we- race weekend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think I found that really sort of enjoyable, if that makes sense, without having the fans there and all the classic media commitments they have mm-hmm. to do. Seeing the interactions between the other drivers has made it a lot more fun and that shows how well everyone gets along, so to speak. That's something that I've really enjoyed. I think it's it's kind of fun.
2: But, man, Verstappen jumped into second place, kind of breaking up the Mercedes 1-2. I like it.
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll be in second place for long. I think no, I don't think so. Either. Back up.
2: <laughs> well, you never know. You never know. You never but know.
0: what is interesting is always Mister 13 number place in 13, uh, Sebastian Vettel. So uh, yeah, he's really, he's really not doing his best work this year, one might say. Well, but- I think this might be his last
2: year, right, in Formula
0: One. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Also, so we're just going to check through, because I've just got motorsport.com up to try and keep us up on the, the easiest ones. So obviously we've got uh, the MotoGP, which I obviously enjoy. Another great race this weekend, just gone. Uh, won by the South African, Mr. Binder, um, who was really, I mean, every week's uh, every event, I will say the MotoGP is always some of the most exciting racing you can ever see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valentino Rossi obviously got his podium back on the podium in the previous race and finished being fourth in this one. Uh, but it is what it is. It's just great racing all through. Um, Formula E. It is f- what it is. Well, no, but they oh, just had their fourth race that, of the six uh, race. Say uh, fourth, <laughs> fourth race of the six race series finished today as we were doing it. Oh, so, okay. Oh, okay. While th- so there's a couple of things I found interesting about this. While they are running it all around Berlin for the Berlin E-Prix to keep it going over the, the 10-day period, I think it is, give or take. They're actually changing the track layout. Uh, three times between the the set of six races, so I thought that was kind of cool in regards to how it is uh, being the changing it to make it accommodated to make the racing still seem more exciting. I mean, it's not as fast as Formula One, but the racing is really close. Um, the cars are looking better and better. They're still doing more advancements along it. Nissan's moved up into championship standing, I think. If I if I pull the uh, the teams yeah. up. Um, so, uh, let's see. The standings, there we've got there and where it's going from. Um, Felix da Costa's got a pretty commanding lead there. But I think it's, a, it's just a good series. I don't think James, can you hit the
2: Teams team. button there? Yeah, I want to see what the teams are.
0: So, there you go. So, Dams is uh, Nissan. So, they've moved into second place. Wow, awesome. Mm. What is Tachita? That's the Chinese uh, racing team, as you can see by the Chinese flag there it's funny that the
2: word cheetah is in there like cheater i'm just
0: you know not saying <laughs> well i think the premise there is sam is that that's the fastest fastest animal in the wild and exactly. they're going to be the make the fastest electric vehicles in the wild right. i think oh, that's we what lost back. the uh, jaguars but,
2: out there look at andretti
0: all right so if you notice the teams in there who's there obviously you've got mercedes mm-hmm. you've got jaguar Mm-hmm. You've got uh sure. Porsche. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's several. You've got the electric companies like Cheetah. You've got Neo, Dragon Race, the American Entrance, Venturis. So there's several different ones coming through. Mahindra's in there. I mean, mm-hmm. the the manufacturers are starting to take this more and more serious where it's going from. We're going to see that come through. Um, oh, if we
2: have a GT Channel electric uh, uh, e-racing team, we could do as good as uh, NIO
0: Formula E team there. I think we could match that well to be fair we're only two (laughs) points at this current time our our, uh, formula e racing team is only two points behind dragon so that's one one other way to look at it as well okay that's true Um, yeah we'll
1: we'll only be two points behind even if we start today
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) um checking up on the other ones obviously we've got the wrc which starts the schedule starts the end of this month
2: um, that's at the end of this month, okay
0: yeah, so Rally Estonia Turkey, Germany, Italy, and then it finishes in Japan, yeah, so it again it's a really packed racing schedule where they've got the last five events Um, but funnily enough I mean, there's a lot of pressure on there for Toyota to do well, mm, um, finishing right. in Japan and winning in Japan, I mean, I think that's obviously what they're looking for they're in the lead right now, right? yeah, so I'll just pull it up for you guys
1: speaking of Japan, a uh... A Japanese kid won the Formula 2 uh, round this past weekend, I think, or last weekend.
0: I think he did as well. Yeah. Uh, so so with that being the case, we'll touch on the Super GT. Um, I watched the, the last, we'll say, 30 minutes of the race this past weekend on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I noticed, Tara, that they are actually uh, they do the Super, Super GT broadcast on YouTube. They even do the race.com the broadcast.
1: race.com, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and yeah. so you know what they really need though is they really need the gtchannel.com. They do. That's why I think is there's be a huge opportunity there. I mean, I've been practicing my phrases to come through where I could say, "Holy guacamole, Jeepers creepers, he's gone for the undertaking there." Yeah. I mean, you know what, I've been
2: practicing my color to offset James's, you know, British. Um, 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 dry this, wit you know the straight
1: man the straight man and the
0: uh color, color, oh, color. exactly yeah and then, <laughs> so and then and i like to have the straight man in that one taro. Then, you know taro has uh experience as being on uh, uh a race reporter on the, on the track track i i know that from experience i also know that he's one to take a big wheels down uh the corkscrew as well
1: i can be uh, the virtual uh pit reporter
0: exactly good yeah you yeah. could always like it's reach Japanese out to taro.
2: perfect
0: yeah you can talk to all the team owners and everything but um, it was a difference, one where I think that uh, it was the, obviously, Baguette, which I think is a great French name to be racing. Exactly. winning in the NSX, which saw the difference between the pushing back, obviously, of Toyota taking the penalty for their first sweep of the podiums. Um, How did Toyota through. do? How did Toyota do this? They, they moved back slightly. They didn't sweep the podiums like they did last time. But one uh, I think I did like in the GT3000 class, I think it is, is 300? the Prius. I'm a big fan of the Tour de Prius they race in that one, because obviously mm. we know Prius for its famed hybridness and uh, use here in Southern California, maybe find at the Whole Foods parking lot. But uh, obviously in Japan, it's a little different. You get to see it on the racetrack.
2: Well, Isn't something that looks
0: like a Prius. Different kind of form. Mm. But um, unfortunately, Yan the Man didn't have the best races. But uh, fingers crossed, they're going to be making some updates, I think, to the, the GTR. So hopefully that uh, helps them in the third round there. Mm. Awesome!
2: Great report.
0: Thank you. So that sort of brings up speed on that, but then I thought, now if you bear with me, I'm just going to pull up my details on my lona. for yeah,
2: The the week. This is this is what everyone's been waiting for. That's what you say-
0: I'm not sure about that, Samitani. It this is the anchor. Uh, this
1: is the anchor. The anchor. So the you show. may
0: have seen some of these photo locations before. So I went oh, wow. back because I got such great feedback from the team. Um, it's cool. This- I like it. So uh, this,
1: The color, the coordination here is, is, is great, though. The backdrop I, and the color of the car.
0: Well, I learned, you see, uh, Tara, last week, because I didn't have a car review, I spent a lot of time analyzing the photographic work of Sam Mitani mm-hmm. on his Lexus looks like NX review. Looks the, like you the, did one some photo,
1: the one, photo, that the one
0: photo of his review, you know? I thought, look, you've <laughs> got to get different angles here. You've got to see where it's at. So uh, I took oh, a trip oh, down to downtown LA. Artistic. I like it. So this is the, the Volkswagen Atlas Cross Sport. Um, okay. mm-hmm. So it's uh, the difference between the Atlas and the Atlas Cross Sport mm-hmm. is the Atlas Cross Sport gets rid of the third row of seating. Um, it's a little bit shorter and a little bit uh, lower, I will okay. say, in regards okay. to that. Um, about, three in- uh, about five inches, I think, shorter and two inches lower. Um, one thing, it's... Got this one is where it, it starts to get a little bit difficult for me and the thing and the review of it. I mean, it starts it starts around thirty-two thousand, but this vehicle version I've tested, the SEL V6 with four motion, comes in just a hair above fifty thousand dollars. Mm. man, that's yeah, old. really. But big having range. having said that though, it's a very it's a very big car. I mean, it's a big car. It's very, very comfortable. I don't know where they, where they get the sport from, to be fair. Um, <laughs> it's more, I'd say, soft because it's quite squishy on the suspension. But I think if you're driving at, I mean, Taro, Look I think... at these Frick's,
2: photos. I love these photos. <laughs>
0: Taro, for you, uh, with the family, with the two kids and the yeah. two dogs, I think it'd be a great fit. Look at um, this,
2: James. James, I mean, wait, go back to the last two shots. Look at this. Uh, was,
0: it, was it on purpose
2: that you actually had the reflection that looks like graffiti on the s- reflecting on the side of the car? I mean, that is just art, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Sam, I learned this all from you. Even the next one. Even the next one. Look at that. Look that at is that. art, man. Yeah, this is great. There, I mean, it looks like the side of the car is a screen. Well, either. I will say like well, this one.
1: too. Well, this is not well, yeah, bad. This too, is, I mean,
2: the photo's fine. I'm just saying it doesn't have the side, you know, stuff on it. But yeah, I mean, wow. I will say I do really yeah, like. The surpassed co- yourself there. The,
0: thank you, Sam. I do really like the color of the car. Um, I think it comes and it comes in like very nicely appointed. Okay, yeah, this,
2: this, this is not one of your best. Um, tires all bent. I mean, that's, that, <laughs> that was, I mean, I, I'm sure that was not supposed to be in the collection. Sam, Sam, I've got to say. Move on, move no, no, i oh, just
0: just we point this one. Larry Chen said that you always need to point the tires in the car. So <laughs> no, I'm no,
2: going. not not if it's a profile shot.
0: Look, just saying. I'm just can, saying. saying is, it, is, is this? Is this?
2: This is you too, right? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. You know, it's kind of weird that you have the word
0: dead on the license plate. Well, these things happen. And this and, is, I guess, why let's it's Let's stick known. to the
1: car. Let's stick to the car, Sam.
0: <laughs> so this is the sports version of it. So it's a sports utility vehicle for you to go and take your various things around town. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've, I've actually been in the Atlas. So when we go, um, uh, you know, down south to Orange County, uh, San Diego County, north of San Diego County for our surf trips, um, some of my buddies have brought this car. Uh, down and i've been in it it's it's pretty comfortable but you're saying that this is this car the cross crossover which what's the name of this the, so atlas, this is the atlas cross sport cross sport so this is a little bit smaller than the atlas
0: yeah but that's the way so you got from the atlas which is three rows this is just going to two rows mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it really makes difference so these the obviously the press picks in yeah. regards to how much room you have in the back there so remember when i really talked about the the ram truck where it had more room than a bentley while Mm. it doesn't have more room than a bentley it's certainly got enough room in the back there for adults so while you couldn't fit as many people on your surf trip tarot you'd be a lot more comfortable driving down to the oc for your surf trip in this Mm. yeah Um, yeah. and it is really i mean while it is fifty thousand dollars it it is really nice inside i mean I've got this really lovely interior that they've got here, which is like the burgundy black offset between the two. Um, it's got all you can imagine is everything, every modern con in regards to safety and security feature that you need there to keep you with the digital instruments, the cluster. One thing I do really like is this, um, on the, in the, the dash gauge here, which comes specifically with the SEL. It mm-hmm. sort of lets you customize how you want to look at it. It gives you your map in the center there, and then you can play around with the dials. Um, the, the V6 that I've got is, so I think, 3.6 liter, running at about 276 horsepower. It can tow around 5,000 pounds. I think 5,000 pounds the limit. I'm not sure who is really going to be towing things with the Atlas Cross Sport, um, but if you need it, it's there and it has the ability to. Um, I,
1: have, I have a question. Uh, maybe Sam would know the answer to this. So, you know how, uh, can you go back to the picture where uh, before this one? Um, know where the seats are down yeah so why do they have two and one always why don't they all, why do they never have you know all three individual seats go down it to
2: be really hard to um, put down the middle seat from where you are and it's, it's it it's it's just a a convenience thing you know you, you if you want all the room you can put them all down uh-huh. if you only have like a pole or something like that you could just put the one down
1: yeah
2: it gives you three three um three um, uh, um options. options but if yeah. you put another one that's 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 another seat another stuff that's cost number one i see I, yeah and number two it, it'd be hard to just put down the middle i mean how many people are going to just put down the middle seat
1: Probably not. Well, well, if you have a like a ski pole or like you oh, were then saying, why don't you
2: just put it on the very side then? A
1: surfboard or something, you need it to go oh, right. To go down. all
2: the way to the front of the. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And then,
1: then, you, then can you can fit, fit four fit. people. Oh, no, then, then you f- would just put put the two down.
0: Oh, yeah, then you can't fit four people. But yeah. but yeah, that's why you've got all the accoutrements like the roof rack, so you can do. <laughs> you can put it on top. Yeah. Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that that's that's a point. That's a good point.
0: So that's what that's what I did like about it though is this feature here where they'd like instead of having the fake exhaust where they poke through which really destroys my life, um, they'd cap that off and the exhaust just dump out behind it, which mm. I think is much better.
2: No, oh, that does have a little toe ditch there, so you're you know, yeah. like
0: I said, five thousand pounds, Sam. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a lot. It, so for me, I do think it is a little bit soft in the suspension, and so it feels like when you're driving it because it's such a big car, that there's a lot of body roll and movement. But that's just me driving it. I, honestly, it's got a very comfortable ride. Like I said, there's so much room. I think it looks attractive. Um, the engine uh, seems to be like well suited at 276 horsepower. It uh, goes smoothly through the gears, unlike the Passat that I, was, that I complained about before where it seemed to be searching for a gear. This one has no trouble going through. I mean, it's it's definitely not the, the, sprite, the, the fastest thing out of the blocks, but it, it keeps up with traffic, gets you moving. You do have a sport mode, even though I don't think it's really that sporty. But I like, I mean, it looks good. What kind all. of
1: mileage uh, does it get, James? Uh,
0: it says that you're going to be getting around an average of 19 miles per gallon, 16 in the city, and 22 in the highway. I have not re- yet found that I've been hitting those numbers, but obviously I've been driving it in purely sport mode um, around town, so I'm getting around 14 and a half to 15 miles per gallon, I think, yeah, and at pretty, this point in time. That's pretty bad.
1: We know how you drive, too. But that's, but Sam,
0: exactly. I've only got two speeds. I've got speed limit and stopped. That's the one between the two. There's nothing in between. That's all there is so little and flat out that's our James <laughs> exactly there's only two options so uh with that being the case I mean like it is a really really big car though I, c- I can't fathom enough how wide this feels when you're driving it it mm. feels like you're in a tank
2: okay so here we go
0: is this a car you would recommend um, look if Tara was saying James uh I'm looking for uh want to get an SUV I want something I can put the surfboards in I mean, it's going up against the Honda Passport, the Ford Edge, Jeep Grand Cherokee, Nissan Murano, Chevy Blazer, and from our friends over at Toyota, the Venza, which is going to be coming out later this year. Um, I think from memory, the one that's doing is the preferred one at this point is the Honda Passport is like the one to be going after in this segment. But I mean, I think it really warrants a look, but I probably wouldn't go for the higher range of the... The 3.6 liter, I might honestly go for the smaller engine, which is the two liter. Um, two well, you're liter not, four you're not, you don't need to tow anything 5,000 pounds, right? That's yeah, great. I don't need to tow anything 5,000 pounds. That's why I'd go with the smaller engine and probably just spec up a smaller engine vehicle and come in under the 40,000 as opposed to with the 50,000 mark, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Right. I think that's where it's, it, it, it's, it's like a sweet spot for me. But like I said, if Tara was doing this, if he wanted to put the Toyota at pasture and look for something new, wanted to look at an SUV, I'd say it's worth—it's definitely worth a look. Um, I think something it's cons- not Japanese or Asian, you know. Exactly, it's mm-hmm. a, to go out there and have a look at the market. I mean, it feels luxurious. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because my next vehicle I'm going to be having is the Lexus uh, 450, and so with that being the case, it'll be interesting to compare the two and compare and contrast when they're very similar in a price point. Cool. cool. But yeah, so I give it—I mean, I give it a thumbs up. It's a good car. I think it looks good. I like the LEDs when and they it come is on.
2: one you would recommend.
0: That does, yeah, I would recommend it. It does have a weird f- feature that I find unusual uh, with the the backup camera. When you're using the backup camera, the backup camera makes you feel like you're much much closer to objects than you actually are. Um, which, Just like your side mirrors. <laughs> well yeah so it's got it should have the warning come on because i'm constantly like if i'm reversing into a car parking space i think i'm right at the wall and i turn around i'm like oh no i've got two and a half feet there behind me mm. so you know there's just things that i'm sure if you got you just get used to it over time and it's one of those things kind of thing yeah. but like i said it's, it's a good car but maybe at the fifty thousand dollar price point it's a little bit pricey yeah okay cool
1: thank you james no no thank you guys great review great review looks again. good,
2: but yeah at that price point that's something if i were the evaluator i haven't driven it uh, uh to be fair but i don't know if that that would be something i'd recommend but and it's vw you know they got to get their act together you know with the reliability and all that so anyways okay sounds good uh any other parting thoughts now that no, we no nice end to our podcast?
0: No, my next one, though, you, my next podcast, you probably won't see this in the background because I'll be going out on location. So we'll see how that turns out. Are oh, oh, wow. you going to tell us where or is that a surprise? Well, no, uh, Tara already knows. Is I'm going, uh, Lex has been kind enough to, to let me borrow the, the NX 450 hybrid so I can take that on a road trip around our southern states. Um, we're going to be heading out through Nevada up to Utah, then back through Colorado, heading down to uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and then back here to California. Oh my God, COVID
2: nineteen tour. Good for you. Well, the the premise being <laughs> is hopefully that the all hotspots. The Lexus will hopefully
0: protect us. That's the premise oh between, God, behind it. You're us.
2: hitting all the hotspots. Well, be be careful. Wear a mask. bunch of bunch of guys over there. They don't. They're you know they're
0: they're, they're they infect you, man. <laughs> Look, all I will say is that's gonna be they're gonna be probably want to stay as far away from me as possible. Look, I'm an Englishman wearing a mask, driving a a Toyota a Lexus. So. I mean, it's probably all the things they don't really want to be named. So, I'm well, again, you can I
1: report run. to us on how the situation is out there from the ground. I will. <laughs> I'll
0: be. I'll be reporting. I think next time I'll be in Taos in my next report. So we'll get to know from that. Oh, that's that'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, nice. Um, for our next episode, actually, we have uh, Mr. Roger Williams from uh, the What's My Car Worth. Uh, maybe some of you guys have seen it on the Velocity uh, channel. It's. Um, one of those shows where you know you you review old cars uh not not so old cars too uh but uh you know the uh, user brings up a car and they uh they drive it and and they kind of review the car and they give it a, give it a price and it's uh he's the uh, executive producer of the show so we'll have him on it'll be an interesting uh interesting show again okay sounds good man all right uh, james
2: uh have a great First leg of your trip, and we'll see you mid-trip, right?
0: Yes, that's the idea. That's a have a safe trip. Yeah, always, always.
2: Okay, well, and uh, well, I'm just staying home because I'm, uh, I just don't really feel like traveling these days. Taro, you're probably around, right?
1: I will be around. I'm staying. I'm staying in LA. The kids are starting school, so we gotta, we gotta. It's, uh, traveling is is done. I mean, well, not like we. Oh, they're not travel, going to
0: school, right? It's uh, online, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yes. online. Everything's online. Okay. yeah.
0: So that's what all we right. picked the, the last week so we could go when the kids are all back at school. So hopefully we miss that crowd. <laughs> that's
1: a good, good, well, good time to go. We will see everyone in two weeks.
2: So but yeah. Get these t shirts.
0: Oh, um, you can yeah. get them at gtchannel.com. Go, yeah, go, go. I, uh,
2: my, mine was apparently lost in the mail. So. It got lost that's because mail. you just Sorry. wear
0: Burberry. He's yeah, not well okay. sponsored by Burberry. Yeah. Sam. yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Nicole pointed that out. I'm like, wow, good eye. So,
0: yeah. Anyways,
2: so. Uh, we will see everyone in a couple weeks. So until then, goodbye. Stay safe and pot speed to all of you. Bye-bye. Bye guys.